0: From the first time I set my eyes on you I didn't know from the start I didn't know how you turned my life around Or how in love I'd be with who you are But you showed me Hey guys, Ethan here from the Wildlife Podcast I thought it was about time that I did another quick episode This episode is going to be around questions that people have for photographers I know we've done one similar to this before Um, Actually the first episode was pretty similar um, But I decided we'd do another one because I came across a post um, In one of the Facebook groups, with a bunch of questions that people had for photographers um, And I thought I would answer a few of them So, um, I hope this isn't against the rules, Uh, these questions are directly out of the Wedding Discussion Group Facebook page and it was an anonymous post um, by a photographer asking if there are any questions and it's not me, I wasn't the photographer, but they they did say any photographer can jump in and answer the questions so I thought I would give it a go. So one of the questions is from Renee um so see are there certain angles that brides can have their faces to avoid triple chins i have a few chins that i'd love to avoid having rock up during my wedding day so one thing i would suggest is have a chat with your photographer um, a major thing that any um, decent photographer any professional photographer i shouldn't say decent because there are a lot of decent photographers that aren't um that aren't professional or do for a hobby but one thing that you should always chat with about um, your photographer is that? Uh, is that exactly so? Do you have anything that you're particularly self-conscious about? Um, is there a side that you prefer? And in, in this case, are there any chins that you want to avoid? Um, do you get you know smile lines that you don't you don't really want to accentuate it on the day? My suggestion would really be just to talk to your photographer about it. Um, so I know there's there are I mean I've been doing it for about five years now, so there are definitely some tricks. Um, angles etc that you can use to eliminate things like double chin um, or, or triple chin um, as Renee's pointed out um, so, so that would be my main, my main tip is to really chat with your photographer if you have anything that you're self-conscious about because the last thing they want to do is produce images that you're not entirely happy with um, and that you don't feel that you look uh, your best in So another question from Trina, Um, does the lens catch all the flaws on the face if too close up? In what order after the ceremony do the photos go in, e.g. bride and groom, then party, then family, etc.? So two questions there. So does the lens catch all the flaws on the face if too close up? So a pro grade lens, which is what most um, full-time photographers will be using, um, is that they're generally incredibly sharp lenses right so anything too close up they're gonna catch um, lines for me my rules uh, in regards to that are again chat with your photographer first so if you have anything on your face any lines any um i don't want to say flaws because i don't look at anything on your face as a flaw, but anything on your face that you're not entirely happy with or you don't want captured um, mention that to your photographer so they can be aware of it when they're working um but prograde lenses are are very sharp they're very um they do get a lot of detail so my personal thoughts around this are with when it comes to editing if something's not going to be on your face or in your body in two weeks then it can be removed in in the editing process so um if there's any you know kind of any mild acne um you know any yeah you know, if you've you cut yourself and you've got a um Uh, you know a small scab or something we can remove that sort of thing if it's going to be there if it's normally there so if it's a um, a scar or anything like that unless you specifically ask for it to be removed um, typically typically that sort of thing stays Um, but again like i said um, in in this question and the previous question make sure you talk to your photographer if you've got any concerns around that sort of thing um, and the order of um, photos after the ceremony, so typically it, it really depends on what, what you want and how, how you've structured your time. So my general suggestion, and the way I usually do it with my clients, is we'll do the obviously the ceremony. Um, if the couple are happy to do it, then we can do the um, bridal party photos before the ceremony, which I really like to do because you get... Um, whole lot more time after the ceremony to talk to your family and your friends and to kind of socialize and it also means that people aren't waiting around for hours to um for you to get back basically after the after the ceremony but typically what you do um or what i do in my case and it may vary from person to person but what i typically suggest is that we do the big um big group photo first so everyone that's there we do the big group photo and typically for me i do that from a drone just because it's a lot easier especially if you have a bigger bridal party so you know 100 and 100 people plus plus. Um, and then from there what we do is anyone that you don't have set photos with so anyone that's not um, you know cousins uncles aunts grandparents parents um, close friends then they can go away and have a drink. Typically I suggest that everyone that's in those kind of set photographs, they stay there. Or they stay in that general area. Then I suggest you have uh, your MC or give your photographer a microphone. Uh, I often jump on the mic and we'll start yelling out to who I want, where I want them. Then we'll do the family photos. So the photos of you, know, you and your partner um, or you, you and your new spouse I should say um, with Extended family, then break that down to grandparents and parents, then maybe just grandparents and maybe just parents, um, and then obviously, obviously this is a pretty generic list. You'd break it down based on your family circumstances. If um, there are people that aren't there or people that have passed, then you take that into account, um, and then after that, then you do um, you go away and do the bridal party photos if you haven't already done them um, before cool so another question what's the best time in the afternoon to take pictures and that's from trina so it really depends again your photographer will have a great idea uh, especially if they've been doing it a while Um, so for me i travel a lot for weddings so a little over half of my weddings aren't based here in nelson i go to queenstown christchurch auckland wellington tauranga um i go all over the show so obviously light um and the position of light based on the the venues and areas does change um obviously it's always in the same general direction it's always sitting in one place and rising in the other that doesn't change in the southern hemisphere obviously um but i mean i so i noticed there are people that that do like to avoid harsh midday suns people that like to go for sunset for me it's really about what works for you so i mean i produced an amazing set that i'm, I'm really proud of with ashley and andy that was um from last season and we did that up on um so we had a couple of helicopters and we flew up to a couple of mountains on top uh, or out the back of nelson sorry um And for that we did that around midday so that was kind of at the highest point of the sun it was quite a harsh light Um, but for for the photographer I mean for me I like to be able to experiment with light and play around with things and actually really have to think about how to get the best out of the light. typically most people would tell you and I'll, I'll i'll say it as well um overcast days or later in the afternoon kind of around that um that hour or two before sunset when the light's starting to get a little bit softer it's warming up a little bit you're getting a nice um a nice golden tone that's a really beautiful time for photographs you're going to get a really gorgeous color um and, and it, it's it's a really really beautiful um a beautiful time um but again chat with your photographer about it it's um it's really what it, it, yeah it's, it's really based on what you want and what um and what your photographer is confident that they can produce uh, but yeah have a have a chat with them and see what they see what they have to say so someone here um i believe they're actually a photographer james um, yeah he is James so James is a destination wedding photographer James Hariata he's an incredible photographer um, check him out at James Hariata photography um, he's he's amazing I believe he's based in Queenstown but I could be wrong either way James is, is, is incredible so he's put up a bunch of photograph uh, sorry a bunch of questions that I I'm assuming he has heard a lot and so have I um so one of them is why can't we have all the raw files so my answer for that's pretty simple and i answered it also in the first podcast i did with sade um last year so the reason you can't have all the raw files is the exact same reason that when you go to a restaurant you can't have the raw chicken that you you know that your meal is going to be made out of the the chef or in this case the photographer only wants to produce or only wants to deliver the best of the best um so by the, the raw files for me i mean i'm I, I i like to experiment a bit so occasionally i have a lot of um, out of focus shots or shots where the focus just didn't quite look the way i thought it would um, any movement that doesn't doesn't work out the way i want to do uh, it could also be things like if i'm carrying two cameras i might bump the shutter on one and get a half a dozen um, <laughs> blurry shots of the floor which no one really wants anyway um but also it's because it's a representation these photographers are a representation of the work of the photographer that you've hired so my style um is something that i've developed over the years and it's it's something that i believe that if you're hiring me as your photographer you should be aware of that that should you should know what that style is you should be happy with that and you shouldn't um you basically shouldn't mess with it so in my contract particularly I have a clause that says, you know, I I don't allow people to re-edit files, I don't allow people to to have the raw files. There are certain exceptions, so with raw files, if it's a commercial job for example, so if the photos are going to an independent editor for for marketing purposes, then that's fine, but I mean that costs a lot more as well. So typically the release cost of, of raw files, um, depending on who you are, can be anywhere from $100 per photograph um right up to you know to nine nine hundred a thousand dollars per photo um so it really depends on on who you are and what your what your needs are but typically for weddings it's not it's not something that's done um, you will find people that um you, you will find people that will give you the raw files but my suggestion is that they're probably people that are feeling new to the new to the game Um, or new to the industry and uh, are just trying to satisfy people as much as possible at the end of the day you should be confident in your photographer's ability to edit the photographs before hiring them why are the bearded lumberjack type photographers more expensive so i'm guessing that's a reference to someone like uh barefoot and bearded he's a, an amazing photographer he actually just came to new zealand last week i believe for a photographer um from here uh her wedding um sophie i've forgotten sophie's last name but sophie um she's also queenstown based i think um who another incredible photographer i shot uh, a wedding with her last season um the bearded L- lumberjack type photographers are more expensive i think it's not the bearded lumberjack type photographers so much as it is um those i mean like for example he's he's based out of new zealand so i mean obviously there's a pretty big fee to get him into the country because you have to pay for travel you have to pay for a rental vehicle um any visa issues if it's if a visa is needed i think he's from australia so that's not a, not an issue uh, accommodation there's generally a daily stipend you'd pay as well so that adds that can add a couple of grand to the to the package right right away um but also it's experience i mean so you know if if these yeah you know, you'll find plenty of bearded lumberjack type photographers that don't charge very much uh, or on kind of that mid-range spectrum but there are going to be ones that um that charge more and that's generally down to experience so much uh, not so much the the fact that they look like lumberjacks with with a, a glorious beard why does delivery take so long so this is a a really good question um and again these are these are all questions from james haereata so um or haerata haereata he i i've probably been pronouncing your name wrong the entire time james uh why does delivery take so long so typically in the middle of wedding season, I will be editing... I, I take 30 weddings a season, that's all I'll do. I don't do any more than that. Um, and that's purely because I want to be able to put 100% into all of my couples. So typically in the height of wedding season, I'll be editing 6, eight, ten 10 weddings all at once. Um, obviously there's only a certain amount of hours in the day uh, and a certain number of days in the week. So you've got to allow for the fact that there is... It's a big process. So for a standard 8 to 10 hour wedding... Um, with between myself and a second photographer, there'll be anywhere between two and six thousand photos, depending on how long we're there for. Um, so there's it's a big process. So you've got to cull all those photos down to just the best, um, you know, thousand or whatever. Um, then you've got to you've got to edit all of those. Then you've got to go through them, decide if you're going to keep all of them or if you're going to cull those ones back to you know a smaller number that's you know the best of the best. Um, and I mean that takes a long time and then you've got again like I said in in previous questions about angles you've got to work out um, whether something needs, whether there needs to be any retouching um, so, so yeah it does it does take a long time I mean for me it's it's generally a six to eight week wait in the height of wedding season sometimes a little bit faster but I always say to expect kind of that eight weeks if it gets there any sooner then obviously that's awesome um, and generally people are pretty happy about that but it doesn't usually go over that eight week period unless things are crazy Um, pretty much all photographers will give you a a sneak peek of between kind of half a dozen and you know two dozen photos within within about a week generally Um, just so you've got something especially because one thing that a lot of us are starting to do now is we're encouraging people to have unplugged ceremonies so people don't have their phones out, they don't have their own cameras or their iPads out. There's nothing, nothing worse than having guests there that are more focused on taking photographs on their phone or their iPad than actually paying attention to the to the ceremony. Um, so my my big thing is to, to obviously a have an unplugged ceremony and and b ask about delivery times because those will vary from photographer to photographer i have seen people that do it you know have a have a two-week turnaround time um personally for a full wedding i'm not entirely sure how they're doing that unless they're just not particularly busy but um i mean again that's an amazing amazing turnaround time if you can do that then that's that's awesome uh next question from James. Um why do people like this washed out, dark and moody look? Wouldn't it look quite dated in a few years' time? In short, I think yes. Um but that's with a caveat. So that's no more dated than photographs from the 80s look now. Um it's the style. It's it's the way people are liking it. Me personally, I'm not um I'm not really going that way anymore. I'm kind of going for a more vibrant, light and airy feel. Um, you can you can have a look at my images dot dot com or um, at withlove New Zealand on Instagram and Facebook um, and kind of have a look. It's it's yeah I mean so Cynthia Cynthia and Rob have commented here washed out look suppose it's like the puffy sleeves of the eighties it's it's exactly that it's things date and no doubt and you know 30 40 years time i'm going to look back at some of my photos and be like wow i can't believe that's what we were doing and realistically i look two or three years back and be like oh i'm not sure i'm that keen on that style anymore so it's about it's about finding someone that um, has a style that you like now and realistically for you those photos are always going to have a sentimental meaning and they're always going to feel and um they're going to bring back those memories, which is what you're after anyway. Um, all right, let's find another another person. We don't need to keep asking answering James questions. Um, Christine or Kirsten, 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 Kirsten. I'm going to say Kirsten. Kirsten said, "I feel really anxious about choosing a photographer. What kind of things should we be looking at?" When choosing a photographer and what are the warning bells are contracts important so let's answer that one first are contracts important yes if the contract if there is no contract don't don't do it if your photographer is not going to offer you a contract or not going to give you a contract then i would that's a warning bell right there so contracts are super important not just for you um or for, sorry for us as a photographer but also for you so a good contract Um, should outline exactly what you can expect. So minimum numbers of photographs, time that you're going to be there, what the package actually includes, um, as well as what is needed from you. So things like schedules, timeframes, when things are needed by payment schedules, when payments are needed by, that sort of thing is really important because in the event that something does happen or something does go wrong, you need to have some sort of written record to go back on um now obviously uh, i mean it's incredibly rare given the amount of weddings that happen in new zealand but every so often you know there's a disagreement between a couple and a photographer and it ends up in something like small claims court um or small claims tribunal if you have a contract it makes things so much safer and more clear-cut for everyone so typically contracts will have things um also specify things that you can't dispute so things like you don't have rights over um the style of editing because realistically if you've hired a photographer you should be familiar enough with their work that you know what their style is um things like non-refundable deposits so that's another important thing is most photographers have a non-refundable deposit um which is any you know sometimes between 33 and 50 percent of the total amount so for me the non-refundable deposit is 50 percent The reason for that is because if you cancel the wedding or the date is changed, that's a date that has been reserved. So, I mean, for me, I book up to two years. Actually, let me have a quick look. What's the farthest out I've got? 2021 is the farthest out wedding I've got. So that's three years from now. 19, 2021. Yeah, two years from now. (laughs) That's two years out, right? So that's a date there's i've got two dates in in this particular month in 2021 those are two dates that are blocked off i can't give them to anyone else if anyone else messages me and say hey look we want to book this date i have to say no right i just say sorry i don't have the date if that date goes to some if uh sorry if you then you cancel you say okay hey look we're not getting married on that date anymore or there's been a breakdown and we're no longer getting married which is obviously the worst case scenario and we're not going to talk about that because that's no good but if that happens that's suddenly an entire day an entire wedding i mean for me february particularly is my busiest month if i have three people cancel chances are i've turned down three weddings for each of those dates that's a lot of money and a lot of weddings that have been turned down, which also equates to a lot of loss of income. And when it comes to photographers, typically we're all self employed, uh, which means we, we don't have things like holiday pay, we don't have things like sick pay, we can't, we, we often don't have a little fun to dip into um, when, when something like that happens. So that's why you pay a deposit, and that should be mentioned in the contract. Um, but again, that's, that's something that's super important. Um, right, so Rhiannon. Rhiannon said obviously it's normal to pay a deposit when you've found the right photographer but when is the final balance paid a couple weeks before the wedding or once you get your photos so this again um, does vary from person to person or photographer to photographer Um, so in my case as I said before I have a 50% non-refundable deposit Um, so that's paid straight away some photographers including myself i've started to introduce a kind of afterpay kind of thing so we can break it down into smaller payments over a longer period of time to obviously keep things easier for you it keeps the balances um bank balances higher for longer um it also means that there's not it just means there's not huge chunks of cash being taken out um all at once so that's um that's pretty common and usually that's between Uh, for most photographers the the balance is is usually between two weeks and a month before the wedding you'll find the occasional one that will accept payment after the wedding Um, but typically no photographer um, well I shouldn't say that typically most photographers won't accept payment I won't give any photos sorry until the payment has been received Um, and and that's really just a, a financial security thing I think for most photographers Um, but someone answered that question between two weeks and a month is is pretty normal um all right jess said this is the final question jess said booking a friend who's an amazing photographer pros and cons so obviously major con straight off is it's suddenly a friend that's no longer going to be able to be there and just celebrate with you guys um i don't sorry you can hear my mouse clicking i'm kind of just clicking through these questions (laughs) at the same time i mean one of the pros is obviously that you you both if you both especially if you're close if you're close friends you know each other well um there's going to be a bit of a synergy there that makes um makes things a bit easier it also means it's usually a little bit cheaper as well i mean for me i know i've um i've got a couple friends that i'm shooting their weddings for and i've given them a little bit of a discount not because um I feel obligated to but it's almost like a, a bit of a wedding gift to them obviously you can't usually justify shooting an entire wedding for free um, but saying hey look I'll give you a 20% discount or whatever the wedding gift will save you a few hundred dollars um, is usually quite a nice way of um, of, of doing it um, so that's 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 a pro it's a pro kind of for the photographer in my opinion um, again it's my opinion it's not necessarily the generally held consensus of the generally held opinion um but i i I believe there's nothing nothing necessarily wrong with shooting a a wedding for a friend um but yeah it's there are definite cons i mean there's you know the person can't be there um they're working all day on your special day this is this is actually answers from kyle kyle or kylie that's a name that always catches me um If either party are unhappy with a portion of the day, photos, editing, delivery times, it can get real messy real quick, potentially stretching slash destroying a friendship. And that's true. Um, Friendships could be broken up over it, which I would say if you've seen a lot of their work and you're generally happy with it, um, I mean, enough to say, hey, um, booking a friend who's an amazing wedding photographer. I mean, obviously you've seen a lot of their work, otherwise you probably wouldn't be too keen to call them an amazing wedding photographer um my suggestion would be um make sure you've seen a lot of their work first um and you know pay you, you get what you pay for basically so you um i've kind of lost my train of thought on this to be honest but make sure you are happy at the end of that that's what it comes down to make sure you're happy with what you're getting um and don't let yeah don't let things like that ruin a friendship because it it can it can get real messy real quick um as as kyle or kylie said um just just make sure make sure it doesn't affect the friendship um okay so i mean that last question got a bit messy with my answer um but i thought i'd answer a few questions i haven't made a podcast in such a long time um but i thought um i thought i'd do i actually have just found one it's actually in the post from the um from the photographer themselves so it was posted on behalf of the photographer by one of the group admins um it's around whether a second photographer is necessary or not so this is a really good question um which hasn't actually been asked but i'll answer it anyway so the a second photographer can take a lot of pressure off the primary photographer. So in this case, most cases I have a second phot- uh, photographer with me, and it's the same with video. I usually have a second videographer with me. Um, Some oh gosh, I just clicked my knuckles. Sorry guys, let's finish those off. So um, I usually have a second photographer or videographer with me uh, on pretty much all situations um, because it takes a lot of pressure off. Um, there are certain situations that I don't, and um, it's not always necessary. There are cases that I've found that work really well. So, if, for example, you have um, the bride and the groom are getting um, ready uh, a, a decent distance, kind of more than ten minutes drive or fifteen minutes drive away from each other, um, that's a really a, a really good thing to have because it just means that the photographer's not eating up shooting time by driving backwards and forwards. Um, so that's something that I would definitely suggest asking about. It generally does add between kind of three and eight hundred dollars. It's a pretty broad range um onto the package unless the package already includes it. So my packages, all but one, two, three, four of them. Yeah, my two mini packages and my two um my two basic packages they don't include second shooters every other package that i has have includes at least one second shooter i do have packages that include photo and video and so in that case you can have up to four people there or five people there um so you, we bring along a bit of a team but that would be that would be my suggestion is ask about those if um if there is a bit of a travel distance a lot of photographers will just add them in anyway they've got them built into their packages um but if you, if you think a second shooter might be necessary or might be interesting, um, make, sure you, make sure you ask. Uh, at the end of the day, when you, when you come to meeting a photographer, um, so for me, I book a lot of people online, I don't necessarily meet them straight away, um, but I always encourage people to ask as many questions as possible. So whether you're meeting the person uh, before booking them or if you're booking them online through their website or through Facebook, um, in which case I'd say obviously make sure you've seen seen their work gone through their website um, seen if there's reviews from other people um, but also ask, ask questions ask any question that you've got no question is a stupid question um, in, in my opinion um, some people may differ but I really think an important thing is to ask questions so you can be as comfortable as possible because at the end of the day if you're shelling out you know, a $1,500 or $2,000 um, deposit that you're not going to get back you want to make sure that you're pretty and happy with the person that you're booking um and so make sure that you you gel with that person well as well make sure that you actually feel as though that's a, a person that you're gonna yeah you know, if, if you feel like you could hang out with that person for a bit you know if you could sit down have a coffee with them have a chat if you feel like there's a bit of a, a bit of a connection there then that's probably going to be a good person if you meet the photographer and there's no real connection or no real um for lack of better term no spark between the two of you or between the three of you if you're you're both meeting um with your photographer or potential photographers if there's no real spark um then then it could just be worth saying hey look we're gonna um thanks for thanks for meeting with us but we're gonna have a chat about it we'll um we'll get back to you and if if you don't one thing i should say is if you're not gonna book someone and you've met with them please let them know tell them say hey thank you so much for meeting with us um in this case we've gone in another direction or we've gone with another photographer or another videographer just flick them a message um, because typically we we pencil in a date right and we try to give first priority to the first person that's booked that date and it's in the interest of fairness we want to be able to um we want to be able to have that data available if it's not going to be booked by you so let the let the photographers know if you're not going to book them don't just not message them back or not send them an email Um, flick them a message let them know and yeah make sure everyone's updated right i think that's about it for now um what are we at like half an hour that's a pretty decent length podcast I think it's not as long as it is when Sade is with me but it's just me today because I was scrolling through a Facebook group saw some questions and decided to answer them off the cuff I didn't actually plan on doing a podcast so because of that I'm not entirely sure when the next one will be hopefully not too far away but in the meantime if you have any questions that you want answered or asked um we did have a Facebook page, but I've gotten rid of it because realistically, I don't do anything with it. So, go over to um, at With Love Film and Photo um, on Instagram. Actually, no, sorry, it's at With Love Film on Instagram. No, I was wrong again. It's at With Love New Zealand on Instagram and Facebook. Um, jump on there if you have any questions. Flick us a, pri- a private message or. Um, or a text or an email or whatever all our details are on there uh, all my details are up there flick us a message um, again if you're looking for a uh, wedding photographer or videographer um, i would love to have a chat if you like my work which again you can see on at with love new zealand on instagram and facebook and withlovefilm.com online on our on our website that's our website (laughs) Um, check it out if you're happy with our work and you want to have a chat we'd love to hear from you Um, we do have really limited spaces I'm only taking two more weddings for the 2019 2020 season and two more for the 2020 and 2021 seasons Um, so booking space is super limited so if you do want to chat let me know I also have a list of vendors that I recommend and that I like working with and that I think you might like as well Um, whether you hire me or not you can get that list if you want it flick me a again a private message or an email Uh, that includes uh, celebrants photographers videographers cake makers venues uh, DJs PA hires alcohol providers I have lists coming out my ears uh, and that's for all around New Zealand as well so it's not just Nelson because as I said I shoot about half my weddings a little over half of the season actually, out of Nelson, So I would love to have a chat. Feel free to message me, get in touch. Otherwise, thanks so much for listening to this impromptu podcast. Sorry about that, I just burped a little bit. Um, <laughs> thanks again for listening to this impromptu podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope some of your questions were answered. If not, flick them through to us and we'll get them answered as soon as possible. In the meantime, keep your eyes out if you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star review if you like the podcast. If not, please don't leave a negative review. <laughs> but um, obviously feel free to send me a message if there's anything we can improve on or make better in the podcast. In the meantime, I've been Ethan Williams and I thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing weekend and congratulations on your engagement. Yes, I know. I will last a stormy weather just as long, just as long as I got you.